Welcome to the SWBL podcast uh, presented again this year by 1356 Public House. Um, I'm your host, Brian Benware, and tonight I am joined by two Hall of Famers, Spencer Bogad and Chris Metter, um, to do another round of our origin stories um, where we're just going to kind of dive into the history of these guys and wiffle ball and just kind of talk talk shop and have a good time. So uh, nothing big. How, how have you guys been? How's, how's the offseason been? I was going to let Chris go first. Um, <laughs> Offseason has been great. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, we've had a difficult time getting together with you for our podcast. So I want to yeah. apologize to Wiffle Nation. It's not Brian's fault. Uh, yeah, apparently it is. Pretty, yes, it is. It's, it's pretty much my – well, last time actually was your fault. But the time the times before that was my fault. Um, Offseason has been good. I had uh, – I've got a 15-month-old son who's just growing and – um, I haven't really thought much about wiffle ball to be honest. So this is fun getting back together and uh, signed my one year contract a couple weeks, couple months ago, whenever that was. So you know we're we're uh, we're only like two months away from the season, so we're getting we're getting pretty damn close. Yeah, we're ramping up here for sure. So yeah. Chris, how you been, buddy? Good. Haven't thought about wiffle too much either. Season's coming up. <laughs> Trying to stay in shape, trying to stay ready. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be ready this year. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that the Twins will be good. So, um, well, yeah, guys, let's just jump into it. Um, and again, it's, it's origin. So what I want to know about first, how did you two become friends? Was it through Wiffle Ball? Was it through school? Chris, I'll take a whack at this, but I'm pretty sure we met freshman year at Parkway South and we met because like we knew each other, but I think, didn't we have like a history class or something together or was that sophomore year? Do you remember? I don't know. I think we had uh, Mr. Timmons. Rosewell. No, Rosewell. Yeah. Rosewell with Kevin Poley. That yeah, was we soph- did. sophomore year of high school. We did the... Uh, we had to do an interpretive dance to Mulan. It was an Asian civilizations class. And our, our final, we were allowed to do whatever we wanted. So uh, I think I think I read off the words to Mulan's Let's Get Down to Business song. And Chris and Kevin like acted it out in front of the class. No, they didn't. Yes. Uh, Please tell me there's a video somewhere. It's probably, probably pretty racist thinking back. Yeah, like looking like that definitely would not fly today. So um, if anyone's offended by that, I'm actually offended that I even did that. So, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we knew each other before that, but that's like in that moment, that's when me, Chris and Kevin Pulley really became pretty close. I think. So, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, and it's just pretty much stuck since then. Yeah. I think uh, we, we just kind of, I think, me and a couple other friends, we, we kind of became close over like we play Halo, you know, things that like really cool high school kids do is, you know, play video games and while everybody else is out drinking. Um, we pretty much just played Halo and then we'd go to McDonald's sometimes. <laughs> that's pretty much awesome. Chris, Chris, am I wrong here? I mean, that's pretty much all you need, right? It was Halo and McDonald's. Halo and McDonald's. I mean, everybody was going out in college. We were playing uh, zombies yeah. and uh, Halo Three. So <laughs> getting double McDoubles with no onions. Yes, and and everyone thinks of Chris today as like this person that works out all the time and does CrossFit. But back in high school and college, he ate McDonald's probably every day, like every day. Every day for at least sixteen to nineteen years old. Every day. Yes. Wow. Like. Every day you get in his car and it's like he's beating a McChicken or something. <laughs> so good. That old yeah. chicken was so good. Yeah. Nice. Well, so how did you two get into wiffle ball then? Chris, you go first this time. I'm tired of going first. I think you were, I think you were a year before me. Uh, I was in as a sub for a couple years. They didn't want me in the league. And then I think one year they expanded and they needed people. And me and Edlo were both rookies, and we played with Gus, and that was our first. That was like 2008, I think. 
and that was my first full season. Yeah, I think we lost in the championship. Yeah, well, I, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna actually. So you were both rookies in two thousand nine. Yeah, I was gonna say Edlow played rookie class. Edlow played the year before we did. Um, okay. But basically, the way to get invited to the league, because Sam kind of had his core friends already playing. So the only way to really get in was if Gus liked you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gus and I played baseball together. Um, and then we had this computer science class where him and I would just like act like we were doing our work, but we'd be playing uh, Counter-Strike or some computer game. And that's how Gus and I became friends. So basically not doing our schoolwork. So I joined the league and me, Paul and uh, Blake, I think won in my first year. So you did. Yeah. You had your, you won your first championship in 2009. So. Yeah, we were four and six or something. Like we were under five hundred. We were a very bad team, and I think we only won because uh, it was Gus's team or the best team in the league. Like two of the three players couldn't make the game, so we played. <laughs> they had to play with subs, and we beat them. So nice, <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, we talked about your championship. Um, you've obviously you've won four. Um, we'll kind of get to some of that in a little bit, um, but. You know, what, one thing I kind of wanted to mention still early on in the first days, I've heard rumors, Chris, that you were an error-prone fielder to start out. Is that true? Error-prone fielder? Is that what you said? Yeah, I was told by multiple sources. Error. You were error-prone. And obviously, uh, well, all... that is not your reputation now. Well, it's all relative. So uh, probably, uh, yeah, it probably got better. Yeah, along 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 the way at some. But point. also, Chris, also a defender is only as good as the stat keeper at the end of the day. So if Gus was keeping stats, he would just like it was all pen and paper. So he would just be like, "Oh, air," and then like he just like scribble it down. So like I think that also reflects on how more refined as scorekeepers our league has become too. So I'm going to defend my guy, Chris here. A little yeah. Bit. Well, I mean, obviously so much over the years too. Yeah. The field has. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There yeah. used to be rocks like on the infield. That grass, that grass didn't used to be cut every game. Like yeah. there was rocks we, in left field. There's yeah. rocks. We'd play in mud. Like, yeah, I, I, I played when we still had base paths between yeah. first and third. And right there at second would just be a huge mud pit. Before there were base paths, there weren't base paths. And the skibbies didn't have that pool. But to build the pool, they had to basically that that the field wasn't as sloped as it is today. It's much more sloped. So they take a bunch of dirt. And for two seasons after they took the dirt, there were rocks literally everywhere. Like it was like a parking lot. So like it was bad. It was very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, do you remember my question to follow up that though? Was there a, a moment where it started feeling like it clicked or just all of us, you know, were you just always kind of, was it always just there? And once the field conditions got better and. No, the field conditions were never a problem. Uh, I don't know. I guess um, it kind of just slows down at some point, um, yeah. I guess. And uh, you realize you have a lot more time than you think, and you just have to trust, I guess, trust your native reactions. And um, I guess once you, once I calm down and kind of just let, let it happen, I, I guess I got, I guess I got better. Yeah. Well, so following your rookie year in 2010, you yourself won an MVP, Chris. Um, I don't know how many people realize that you have an MVP under your, under your belt. Obviously, you're you're talked about with all the championships and winning and all of that, but yeah, you won a a 2010 MVP, and then the year after had one of the worst teams you've ever had to play with. Tell me about that year. Uh, I had an overachieving year, the MVP year. Um, that was the year Sam put in that bunt line, and so I had to kind of change <clears throat> my approach to the to the week to the weekend but um yeah i don't know it, i'm not gonna blame my teammates i think it was me <laughs> michael durstein and um <laughs> will rath 
not a bad team. Um, it's not, but it's not a good team. <laughs> it's not a fantastic team. We we honestly out we performed well. I think we went three and seven, and we were we were in a game our last game of the year. We were in it late to make the playoffs, I believe. Um, so we had a great year. We did face Kevin Poley four times that year. Um, super sub. As a super sub, we will do remember that. But um, no excuses. We uh, we almost made a magical run, actually. But that was a fun team. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Brian, <clears throat> can I can I add a note to that team? Yeah. I'll never forget when Chris <laughs> had this team assembled. He basically was like, yeah, we're, you know, we got two lefties. We got Durstein. He's going to get on. The two lefties are going to hit the tree. Like, we're going to be unstoppable. Like, he was hyping up this speed lefty lineup, and it ended up being, like, dog shit. I was given the <laughs> so team. So bad. That was, that I was know. when they gave you the team. I know, but you were like, you were like, oh, yeah, this is exactly, this is the perfect team yeah. for me. We had it. We were right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. And that season before when he won the MVP, Brian, um, I believe, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, in your last at-bat of the season, you broke the home run record for the, the, at the time. It's obviously changed since then. And Kyle Cornell knew Chris needed one more home run to break the record, so he was intentionally walking him. He was throwing lobbing balls like 10 feet outside, and Chris jumped across and like backhanded like a tennis backhand, and he launched it over the trees, and he broke That's the record. Awesome! Oh yeah, it was great. It was what great. a moment. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone was everyone was pretty excited. So yeah. it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Do you remember um, that? Well, so Spencer, you've won three MVPs, 16, 19, and twenty. Um, so my question is, why were the Indians so bad? <laughs> you know, um, that's a great question. The first and main and pretty much only reason is we were the first team ever to have three quarter length sleeved jerseys. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, that was like a huge red flag that we did that. Um, not only is it hot when you play wiffle ball, but like the way that like three quarters rests on your forearm it just doesn't feel good. Also, we had a girl on our team, Alex Linsky, another red flag. Um, but really, like, you know, the elephant in the room. Um, we didn't play good, but also, like, we had three people, Alex Heck, John Cowley, and Spencer Bogan, the three people that should never, ever be on a team for anything. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. John Cowley, hell of a guy, super nice. Alex Heck. Hell of a guy, super nice. I'm a, I am a hell of a guy, and I'm super nice. Although some people may say otherwise, that's that's their opinion. We're all three really nice people, but we're all very competitive too, and we're not like me and Chris are tight, like really close friends, and we can basically go up to each other and be like, "Dude, you're playing like shit," and it won't matter. But with that team, like if we were playing bad. We all wanted to kill each other because we, we weren't like super, super close. We were friends, but we weren't like super close and nothing went right. And like if if someone came up to me and like, hey, Spence, like try this, I'd be like, fuck you. And like John like was doing his thing and Alex, I'm pretty sure like wanted nothing to do with that team. <laughs> so I'm I mean, it's the three quarter length sleeve, but like a sub reason is that we that like you wouldn't want those three people doing anything. For, for anyone like we you might as well just pack up and leave if, if you ever see us three on a team again bet the house against us <laughs> okay we'll do well so in 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 all seriousness though so of the three years that you won your mvp do you have like does one stand out more than the others for any reason um yeah yeah um i mean the most memorable one um was the one where I played six games and hit 18 home runs and like barely lost out to um, um, uh, the, the barely missed on RBIs, like very, like just, it just worked out that way. Um, in hindsight, like I definitely, like personally speaking, I definitely think I 
was the most valuable player to my team because uh, Chris, I think when I wasn't there, the team was 0-4. And when I was there, we were 6-0, something like that. Um, and I, like I put up a lot of good numbers. But, you know, I don't know. That one's definitely the most memorable. Um, I really don't remember the other two, to be totally honest. I don't yeah. remember. I know one of the years I hit 20, I tied Scott's home run record. But um, I know one of the years I, I think I broke the RBI record. But I don't know. I definitely remember the championships way more than those seasons. I mean. If before we got on here, if you would ask me what years I'd won, um, I I wouldn't have been able to repeat back the years. I don't know. I just remember the championships and the teams. So, mm-hmm. well, it's a good teammate, and obviously, why you guys are so successful because there's been a you know the twins have always been you you have your a pretty stable lineup, stable group of guys. Obviously, you rotated a couple people early on mm-hmm. in, in the franchise's history, but everybody's always been, let's just do what's best to win the game. Who cares? Who's hot? Who cares? Who's getting the glory for each game? And um, yeah, I think a lot of teams really like mm-hmm. admire that, even if they don't say it, I know that like for me personally, like that's what I want out of our team all the time is it doesn't really matter who's, who's bringing it home as long as we're winning. And you know, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Brian, I'll say this just to put a bow on that. Winning is the number one priority for the Twins. But if anyone in this league tells you that their stats do not matter to them, you they are lying to you. We all know if someone comes up to you and says, Gus, how many home runs have you hit? And he says, I don't know. He's lying. Gus knows exactly how many home runs. He knows how many feet they went. He knows what direction the wind was blowing. Um, so, of course, you know, I may not remember the details, but, yeah, I remember, like, I love wiffle ball. I love, like, I, even in this child's game, I strive to be the best. I want to be the best. Everyone wants to be recognized. Um, I've won three MVPs. Most people in the league haven't even won one, but I want to win another one. Like, I just want to keep being good and winning. And uh, I think, you know, the winning is what drives us all. But obviously, like, we want to have fun. And Mm -hmm. that's really what it's all about. So, yeah. Well, Chris, let's circle back to you real quick. Um, so we talked about your MVP season and then a struggling season the following year. But then right after that, you rattled off three straight championships with the Rays. Um, and, you know, obviously that that success has continued with the Twins. So I'm going to come to you and then, Spencer, I'm going to kick the same question to you. But where do you rank yourself all time? in the history of the SWBL. You're all your Hall of Famers. There's a lot of great players in the Hall of Fame. A lot of guys who've been around for a long time. Where do you rank yourself all time? Uh all time throughout the entire league's history, I would probably put myself in the top five. I would put Gus in there somewhere. I would put Scott in there because of uh, not only his championships, but his longevity. I mean, the league was around eight years before I even stepped foot into it. I can't confidently just say oh, I put myself number one. Um, I would say top five, uh, Brett Spencer, obviously Sam Skibby. That would probably be my top five. All right, Spence, same question. Uh, I'd probably put myself ninth or tenth. Um, if you're talking, so like the cool thing about the Skibby league is that it's been going on for 20 plus years, but like there's eras, right? Like the mm-hmm. game is just different. So like my time was in the franchise era. Um, Sam has played through every era. Gus has played through most of the eras uh, or not all of them. So it's really hard to like, I'm a stat person, historical person. I like go back and look like there's so many records that will never be broken because of like the earlier eras. Um, but to me, like Chris said, longevity is so important if you want to be the best, like, um, and some of that just has to do with like right place, right time as well. Um, but I'm going to say this, you didn't ask this question, the greatest and most influential and most valuable player in the franchise era will include the three person teams too, but starting with the franchise era, hands down is Chris Metter. Like, it's not even close. Um, People think of our league as an offensive league, and it is. 
But you know what the most valuable thing in our league is? Getting outs. Mm -hmm. And there has been no one that has been better than Chris Metter getting outs. Um, there is a reason why Chris has won six championships in the franchise era, which is more than anyone. He's won more championships than most franchises could even sniff. Um, and it's all because of his defense. Mm -hmm. um, Chris has had ups and downs with his offense, but his defense has been consistent. He's had different players on his teams. He's had me on his team. He's had Paul who hit, he broke the all-time record. I think he hit 40 home runs one season. Um, Derek Thompson was a beast with the Rays. Those guys were, were everything together. They break up. Chris keeps winning. You know, Paul's still a great player. Derek had his time, but like Chris keeps winning because our whole team revolves around defense. We all, we all can hit too. Um, but we don't have an ace pitcher. We, you know, we play defense. We do not make mistakes. So to me, if we're just talking about franchise era, like Chris, no doubt to me is the most valuable bar none player. Gus Gibby as well. Very close second to me, but Chris, Chris definitely is like top five, top three all time for that reason. Yeah. Bill I, I'd put you higher than top five, Chris. I'd put you top three. Yeah. He's the Bill Russell of the SWBL. I mean, that's like a like backhanded a, compliment. Is it? Yeah. Why? He's more Bill Russell. People say Bill Russell because like he won, but he wasn't really dominant. Like, I don't know. Oh, I don't think of it like that. What I think of is that the guy didn't care what he had to do to win. He was going to do it. Okay. And he yeah. played, he played great defense. Yeah. I mean, he basically changed the position at defense. So yeah. that's what I was thinking was the guy just has an ultimate competitive spirit and wants to make his team as good as possible. For and, sure. you know, you can have all the flashy guys in the league that you want. Here's the guy at the top of the mountain that nobody can take down. Mm -hmm. How, Brian, do you know off the top the franchise era? Is it 10 years old? It is. It's yeah, I think it's 10 years old. I think it started in 2010. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, 11. sorry, 11. Eight, eight, eight or nine of the championships in the franchise era are won by Chris Metter or Brian Kenny. Yeah. What's that tell you? Yeah. I made that point last year, I think, Chris, on the podcast when we did your captain's interview about how underrated I felt defense had been and pointed out the fact that up to that point, that the basically like most of the championships in the past so many years have been won by aside from yeah. the Expos, it had been every other one. The the platinum hands winner had won the championship. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, so it's so important. Yeah, so um, all right. Well, let's move on since we're talking franchise era. Let's talk about the twins and just uh, we're not going to get too deep into anything this year because we'll talk about that later in another podcast, but. Tell me about how you two came together on what was originally the Phillies, obviously, and then it, it switched switched to the Twins, but the Twins franchise. What <laughs> made that happen? Chris, do you want to answer or do you want me to? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I vividly remember this. I I texted Gus, and uh, we had joked about this in the past, but uh, essentially Gus wanted to start his own, uh, bring his own people in, and essentially needed a place for uh, Spencer and Ed Lowe. And Paul and I were driving to Columbia one day and we just decided, you know, the Rays had, you know, achieved all that we could achieve and it would be a nice cap to just do three and four years and close out the franchise. And he wanted to go play with Alex Hack and Luke Bakula. So it all kind of worked out. And so I told Gus that, you know, yeah, we can make it work. I brought along Will and uh, Ed Lowe and Spencer joined. And we won the next year. And it was honestly kind of a perfect timing. Alignment of everything kind of just hit right. Mm -hmm. I have a different version of that story. Most of what Chris just said is very true. But what he left out some important details. Gus Edlow and I played on the Royals together. Okay. And everyone knows that Gus 
is cursed. Actually, both Skibbies are cursed when it comes to winning championships, right? So Gus, unfortunately for himself, is the type of guy where if you don't perform in the big situations, he wants to dump you and get rid of you. We had a great season. I think we went like eight and two or nine and one, like something very good season. And Evelyn and I just had bad had a bad game in the playoffs and we lost. And if I'm not mistaken, Gus texted Chris, not the other way around, and said, Hey, I want to add these people to my team. Do you want to make a team with Edlo and Spencer? I cannot dump them with them out them having a team. And Chris said, Of course. I would love to make a team with them. Um, and you didn't ask me this point, but just about every player that Gus has ever dumped has gone on to win a championship. I was going to ask Will, you. Spencer, Edlo, Corey. We're throwing Mike Durstein in there, too, because he was a part of the Twins for one of those runs. So For next year, too. The, the following year, too. The very all next year. All yes. four of them. Yeah. And so, we oh, – hold on. One other point. He tried to reverse it with Tyler Flackney. We had Tyler Flackney, and Gus wanted him. So we gave him to him. Guess what happened? They lost. They didn't win shit. So, was that the year? Was that the year they went ten and zero, and lost the, the they, championship? That was the year they went ten and zero, and that was also the year that we were supposed to get raising canes paid for by Alex Heck for that trade, and it never happened. Same so they, year. So they went ten and zero after dumping you, and then lost to you in the championship. No, the Tyler Flackney year wasn't the year after. Okay, he dumped us. That was a couple years later. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I was I was trying to. I, I couldn't remember, but I was like, man, if they dumped you and then you went and beat them in the championship the next year, how sweet. We, what happened was, Chris, I, correct me if I'm wrong. What happened was Corey played with Sam Skibby and Gus and somebody else. And we probably, wanted. Right? Mike Boyles. No, I think, I, I, think I, I think it was Ty. I think it was Ty. They were really good. Okay. And we wanted Corey because he's our friend and we thought, and we love Tyler. We love Tyler Flackney too, but we just figured, you know, the only way that we can build a long-term thing is probably with Corey. Cause who knows if Tyler's ever going to come back. Right. I, I'm pretty sure that was kind of how it works. We're like, yeah, we'll take Corey. And like, it was a three team trade between the A's. Paul went, Paul was on the Royals. Paul went to the A's. Flackney went to the Royals and Corey came to us. And, but we were supposed to get like, Raising Canes. Like, that was part of the deal. Because we were giving up a lot. Tyler Flackney was, like, runner-up MVP. So, Pay up, Alex. Yeah, Alex, come on. Um, So, we talked about it. We mentioned it earlier, but you've won three championships now. Um, You've kind of – I probably talked about it a little bit, but, you know, what do you – what do you attribute the sustained success for your team? Um. You know, there are teams who get in the playoffs and then don't get back to the playoffs. And then there are teams who are perennial playoffs and now seem to be going downhill. And then there are, you know, there just there's some fluctuation. You know, the Yankees are there one year and then they're not there one year. And and you guys are always, you know, always fighting for that one of those spots in the championship game. What do you guys what do you guys attribute to your, you know, your sustained success? Uh, I think yeah. not getting too high, not getting too low. Uh, we know what we need to do every year. We also understand – I think this is what a lot of teams and players don't understand or they just forget is we're playing with a wiffle ball that has holes in it. And when you hit the ball, if you hit the holes differently, the ball will go differently. So the amount of variance that's involved in some of these games is – incredibly high you can't do anything about it so all you can do is really put yourself in the playoffs put yourself in the position to lower the variance and cut down you know the randomness of it you know you're gonna you hit the ball 10 times you're gonna do something different 10 different times so getting upset when you scorch one to the pitcher you know isn't worth it just 
you know, move on. I could, Chris, I couldn't, I couldn't help but think of Edlo while you were saying that. Just like there's a variance, and like Edlo, Edlo. So here's the thing. I'm gonna answer this a different way. Like you have to have talent. You can't just like, hey, we're in the right spots. But no, you gotta like. Chris is the greatest defender this league's ever seen. I'm gonna just say this: like, I'm one of the best hitters the franchise era has seen. Okay. Corey McCarthy won an MVP. Very, very good player. He's, I mean, every year he's consistent. And then Edlo is a is a really great fourth hitter. Okay. So, and then we have Will, who's on he's underrated. He's won, he's I think he's finished second runner-up uh three times for the Cy Wiffle. Um, we always seem to find like a new hero every year. Um, we all I don't know. We just don't make mistakes. We really don't. Um, we, we also like a lot of teams get riled up for a regular season game to us. We literally look at the schedule and we say, these are the games we have to win. We're going to shoot for six and four. We don't pitch our, we really never pitch our ACE will against like the teams we think we might play in the playoffs. So like, we'll just like pitch me or pitch Chris or pitch like, I don't know. It's very calculated. Like we're very big picture. Don't make mistakes. And obviously you got to hit too, but yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. It's like, we don't make mistakes. Other teams make mistakes. That's why we win more than other teams. I think that's basically what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which of the three championships so far, which one stands out to both of you the most? Does one again? Does one mean more? The most recent one to me, um, Chris. You can go next, but there, there's been this, uh, you know, message that that some people have said that we, you know, we won one with Jimmy Cole, um, and it's like, oh, you won with Jimmy Cole, an out of town player, and then like the other one, same thing. So this most recent one, it was our guys. Like, it was us. Um, we beat Jackson, who was the best pitch in the league that year. We won the side Whiffle. Um, and that was a complete team effort. Like, Will was our guy. He didn't have it. So, like, who cares? Like, let's do something else. And then we didn't give up. Like, we came down from a lot. And we came up and we won. And the celebration was sick. And it was against the Yankees, which, you know, we love them, but like, that's our fun rivalry. Like, you know, anytime we can beat them, it's great. So to me, it's, it's that one. Chris. Yeah, definitely that one for me. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The Yankees have won two of three, correct? No, I don't think so. Not two of three. They won in. They won last year, and they won in two thousand. Maybe it is two out of three. Is it? I'm checking. Yeah. Hold on. So it was the Yankees won two thousand two and two thousand nineteen. So you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Two out of four. Two, two out, out of four. four. <clears throat> two out of four. Yeah, uh, definitely the last one. Um, we were we were down eight nothing in the third in the championship. So you're not you're not gonna win many of those. So um yeah, that one stuck out. <clears throat> Honestly, <clears throat> Jimmy Cole didn't have didn't hit very well that well with us. He pitched well. Um Tyler Flackney was hurt the year we won with him. So uh um the last one probably felt the best just because there was <clears throat> just us there and um, the adversity, I guess, that we had to come through. And, Chris, in the uh, last season was the season where Sam interviewed Brett Spencer for his preseason interview in his backyard. <clears throat> is that real formal interview. And, you know, he's kind of talking some shit on Chris Metter, and I think Chris took that personally, you know, so just had to put a cap on that ass. Mm. No, no. <laughs> the Brett competition is always in good, in good favor. Um, yeah, I'm glad he didn't win though. Yeah. 
Hey, so you guys, Chris or Spencer, you said you never really get up for a, a regular season game. I kind of want to circle back to that. And then you mentioned like the Yankees are are kind of like the fun rivalry. Is that who you guys feel is like your biggest rival? I don't know. It's see, honestly your comment earlier, like the league changes. Um, yeah. I would say early on, like our rival is whoever we think is probably the team to beat. So like, in my opinion, early on, it was the Rockies. Like that's the team that when we went up, you know, and played them, um, that's who we wanted to beat. And guess what? We're, we're 10 and two against the Rockies in our career as the twins. Like that's the team that we felt we want to beat them. So um, definitely like anytime I could play Gus, like he's the, he's the best player in our league. I want to beat Gus. He's one of my best friends, but like, I would love to beat them, you know, like mm. it's just, it's fun. Like I, I really want to play I, no offense to the Expos, but I just don't get as much joy out of beating the Expos because to be totally honest, I expect to beat them, you know? Mm. So, um, but I wouldn't say we don't get up for the regular season. If I said that, then I, that's not what I, I just meant, meant that you don't, I, I don't think you get as, I think what you meant was you don't get as worked up or as like, it's just a game. It's yeah. just a game. Like we in my like, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. We get the we get the schedule. What I do? There's ten games. Where's my six wins at? And that I'm playing for those six wins. Like I don't ten and zero is not even a like I don't I couldn't I really could not care about ten and zero. We would love to not play in the wild card. Like obviously winning your division is huge, but to me like if we play our game like there's no. Like we're gonna lose games, I'm not gonna freak out about it, and we're also gonna win games. So it's just kind of like an even, steady thing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, Chris, do you feel like you guys have a rivalry with anybody? Not really. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I agree with Spencer. It used to be the Rockies. Even back in the Rays days, I would still say it was the Rockies. Um, but now, no, I mean, it's tough for it to be the Yankees, considering who's on the Yankees team. Yeah, every rivalry has some like level of underlying hatred, you know, and it's it's going to be tough to uh, ever really hate one of those guys. But competitively, we know we're going to have a fun game when we play. It's relaxing, honestly, when we when we know we're playing the Yankees because we know who. We know we're not going to have problems. If there's a confrontation, we'll be able to solve it. You don't get that with every team, so I don't. I can't. I can't call the Yankees our rivals. I would probably say we don't have one, and uh, that's okay. Maybe it can be the Marlins, but um, I wouldn't call the Yankees a rival yet. All right. Well, so the Twins have never won franchise of the year. Do you feel? Like you guys have gotten snubbed in the past? <laughs> no, we're too good. I think performance wise. Oh, God. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I know where this is going, Brian. I know where this is going. Oh man. You weren't there for this, Chris, but I know exactly where this is going. No. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Look at Brian's face right now. <laughs> So Chris, no, continue. Chris, continue. What was that last thing you said about? No, so good? no, I'm not surprised. We've never won team of the year. So yeah, do What's... you feel like? Are you saying basically like franchise of the year is sort of like a participation trophy? <laughs> kind of like most improved player in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> like how much? How much more effort did you put into the league this year than you didn't put in last year? Okay. Um, so it's more of a subjective, like year to year kind of thing. Um, we can't even get the Marlins to show up to the draft, but they're winning <laughs> franchise of the year. So, yeah, but no, it doesn't take the bite out of it, you know. All right. Oh, this is awesome. This is so awesome. Brian, tell everyone what I said last time you asked me this question. Do you remember? No, you don't? No, I mean, I could look it up, but. Off the top of my head, I was laughing too hard and thinking about everything else. Uh, yeah, so I pretty much answered the same way, and you were very offended. Yeah. <laughs> because I said, I said, 
really at the be at the beginning of the year, there's three or four teams that can win the championship, and there's three or four teams that can win franchise of the year. And there's no this is not a Venn diagram. <laughs> they are two mm-hmm. separate bubbles. So um yeah, I mean franchise of the year. Um, the Brewers won it a lot early yeah. on when we first had the award because they went all out and they def they absolutely deserved it and they were a good team. But usually, no offense, usually the correlation is we have the big kids table over here and then we have the little kids table over here and the little kids eat their snack is franchise of the year and the big kids, the ones that sit at the big boy table, they eat the, that gold trophy, which mm-hmm. we like to call championship. So are we, are we offended? <laughs> We've never won franchise of the year that you've never been relegated. Brian, to little kids Brian, game. Brian, I've never even thought twice about what that award. So, <laughs> so no, I'm not offended. <laughs> Brian, hear me out. Hear yeah. me out. It's like winning a beauty model pageant and then, but it's plus size. You, and then give and then them giving you miscongeniality. Yeah. It's like, well, that kind of beats the point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Brian um, is so, so offended right now. No, I'm I'm good. We've only ever won it. I've only ever won it once. Well, so, so you know how that tastes, don't you? Worked. So you tasted some like some granola crackers. Don't you want a steak? No, I've gotten taste to taste. Steak? Yes, I do want a steak. I, I've gotten a, a few of the crumbs, like gold flake crumbs off the trophy by making <laughs> it to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I want more of. There's like a little sip of champagne. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, yeah. the eggs have won franchise of the year. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> They've also made it to the championship game. That you was consolidation who... for the year after the championship run. Hey, Brian, sorry mm-hmm. to hijack your uh, podcast here, but you're good. I got a quick story. So the Expos, we all know, won the championship, right? Yeah. Okay. For everyone in the league that's listening to this, all 12 of you, um, there's a secret thing that happens every year, okay? After everyone leaves on Monday, the same group of people, we're hanging out at the pool, and we go get in the Skibbies hot tub, and we just talk rumors. We talk shit. We're like, who's going to this team? Who's trading? It's all fun, but I'll tell you what, Brian. That year, we were everyone was so pissed that the Expos won the championship, and we all said, we all rose our hand and we said, if you think the Expos are going to win more than three games next year, put your hand down. And no one put their hand down. Okay. Yeah. So it's not all about just like, I don't know. There's a little bit of like some underlying storylines here. So this may be news. I guess my point is this may be news to you about the big kid table, the little kid table, but us big kids, we, we talk about the little kid table quite a bit. Okay. So if you want the Intel, just come, you know, unbuckle your high chair and just pull up a chair. (laughs) Chris is rubbing his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, all right. Chris well, is know. like Chris is like Spencer is such a douche. <laughs> um, I don't know how to transition this, so I'm just gonna dive in. Let's talk about NWLA. <laughs> so how uh how 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 has your experience been playing in uh for the national team for our the SWBL national team? And playing at <clears throat> Chris, how's it been? Uh, it's yeah. been awesome. It's been awesome. Um, honestly, some of the most fun weekends I've had are at the NWLA tournaments. Um, one year, me and the Skibbies and Ty Butler made a week long trip to go to Louisville, go to the All Star game. I'm sorry, um, Ohio go to the all-star game and then go to nationals. Um, we've done a lot of fun things. Um, it's been an awesome experience. Um, Wiffle ball is fun. Uh, the camaraderie is better and uh, it's treated me well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, NWLA, like 
I, I think I played in it nine years and something like that, something crazy. And definitely like totally different weekend than uh, Memorial day, but like one of the best weekends of the year. Um, we never won, but I mean, I know this sounds really corny, but like I have never had so much fun with friends with Chris and Gus and Sam and Brett and the pulleys and whoever else, like all these other people that have joined us, Jackson, sorry, Jackson, um, uh, Cam just never had so much fun. Um, it was so much more about the time we spent together, just doing the dumbest stuff, just goofing around the hotel room, but also like competing at a really high level, um, really like playing games that mattered. Um, but yeah, but, uh, Chris and I both retired this year, so we're, yeah. we are no, no longer. So yeah, I was very... going to get to that. So, you know, will, will you, will you miss it now that you guys have announced your retirement from the NWLA? Yeah, I think so. I, I already miss it. I mean, I purposely planned a <laughs> vacation with my wife's, like my wife's family asked if that week was available. I said, yes, let's plan a trip. Cause like, I, part of me was like, I, like, my arm was just killing me last year and I knew like I'm getting older. Um, you know, I'm not going to miss playing wiffle ball, but I'm going to miss the weekend for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's, we all are going to get older. I'm going to know Gus and Sam and Chris and Jackson and everybody the rest of my life. And 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we're all going to get together and talk about our times playing wiffle ball. And we're not going to talk, we're, we won't remember the results. We won't remember, you know, we'll remember some plays or remember this guy. He was whatever. And, but you know, those times we spent together just doing the silly stuff. Definitely. That's, I mean, that's the, toughest part to me yeah chris you gonna miss it uh i'm gonna say i don't think i'm gonna miss it and i'll explain why i think looking back what i enjoyed the most was you know like spencer said the hotels hanging out uh buffalo wild wings playing up and on the river uh we played monopoly a few years like just that experience is what i looking back enjoyed the most the wiffle ball for me is going to be different for me I think versus pretty much anyone else on the team because I don't pitch that takes that takes a, a lot a uh, much different mindset to the weekend than um, someone who's pitching you can kind of if you're struggling in one area you can kind of I don't know get back out there and give it another try in a different area and um, I don't know if you've noticed, but competitive football is not a hitter sport. Um, never was and it never will be. So it's uh, it's a little different approach. Will I miss seeing 90 every single at bat? Probably not. Um, uh, I'll miss playing it in big games with, you know, with the boys. Um, but to me, the wiffle ball wasn't as fun as the weekend. Uh, there's just not a lot of gameplay. There's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of, you know, it's uh, pray someone hits a home run. It's mm. it's not. There's not a lot of fluidity to it. Um, but yeah, there's certain aspects of the weekend that I'll definitely miss. But I wouldn't say the gameplay. Also, another bugaboo I have, um, through no one's fault of our own, like we get in there at the last second and we're out as soon as we can, and I get that you know there's reasons for that there's more important things to be doing but it just kind of changes the um i guess the mindset the outlook on the weekend um there's more important things to worry about and when you're there these dudes it's the most important thing in their entire life yeah. and it's just uh it's a different vibe than we can bring to the table and uh they dedicate their entire lives to this and we play twice a year so yeah it was nice to be around uh not only around but compete but the game has kind of evolved yeah yeah i agree yeah how long chris how long have you played played a very long time um played a year or two longer than me yeah i think it was two I years was, uh, yeah Did you go the first year with sam and oldenburg no okay then I think I you played one more year than me. Second year, I went. I yeah. went to, with London, and then I played yeah. in the double elimination. Okay, cool. 
any um any memories stick out like isolated memories stick out from your time going to the oh yeah oh yeah yeah i i mean how could you forget sam skibby hitting a bomb off Stephen farkas like just totally oh my god and poor jackson overlooked through a no hitter like he dominated, they couldn't touch him. I think they maybe put two balls in play. He dominated. Um, that whole run up there was great. I mean, unfortunately for myself, like my most, I always seem to be finding myself in like our biggest games, and I was, I was over in all three of our championship games. I just couldn't get it done. I mean, I lost to Stephen Farkas. I lost to whoever the hell that guy was last year from Circle City that was throwing like hundred miles an hour. I don't remember his name. Dominant. Uh, and then uh, lost a rotor or Bush. I don't know. So that I, I'll never forget the losses. I mean, I will never forget those losses. But definitely uh, Sam Skibby. Gus, I mean, Gus had so many clutch hits. Home runs. Like, in moments that just seemed impossible. Uh, Gus is the most clutch hitter I've ever been around. He's a freak at everything he does. Um, everyone seemed to have a moment. Chris, Chris had moments. Uh, Cam had moments. We and we and all of us on the team remember those moments. But uh, I mean, to me, it's Sam Skibby's home he run. Didn't even I, bring up Sports Center. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was that was really cool for me personally. But like, I, I don't know. Like Sam's home run to me is like. <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Like if you, if you've watched the video, I'm on the on deck circle and I throw my bet. I'm just like so hyped. And that feeling you get in that moment, you just can't replicate it. There's nothing in your life you could do to replicate like caring so much and wanting to win and like the unthinkable happening. And Sam Skibby gave me that moment, like the most clutch hit you'll ever you'll ever have um but yeah i mean yeah and then also like the three times we lost championship game whole team gathered together just said we loved each other because we did you know i'll never forget those moments either mm -hmm. chris anything stick out for you buddy yeah sam's home run uh not only because it was all farkas and because it was the semis but that was our sixth or seventh game of the day yeah we started at 6 a.m and we had to we were in double elimination we had to, we win. Had to win yeah we had to win in like a hundred degree weather and we were facing some phenomenal pitchers uh we played seven games that day i think and um so yeah the fact that we even beat WSCM was pretty remarkable to get to the championship. Mm -hmm. uh, that one sticks out. Um, ten innings with Farkas and Spencer in the championship sticks out. Um, yeah, I don't know. We always got respect, which, you know, from the jump, we got respect. Wiffle ball is definitely a tactical sport um, as far as your pitchers go. You have a stud usually, and you have a stud part B. And when the double elimination bracket hits, it's a tactical approach on who gets what because you can't pitch two games in a row. Uh, Sam and I always talk about this. There was not one game in double elimination in our competitive history that we faced a B pitcher. Yeah. Every game <laughs> – of yeah. nine years of, of that I went there, we didn't see a single B pitcher in a game. These teams would, I'm telling you, these teams, and it happened, these teams would rather lose the round before and burn their stud and, and, and not burn their stud and save him for us than yeah. guarantee a win. Yeah. Every team in, at that tournament would have rather lost than have wasted their stud and face us with their B pitcher. So Sam and I always talk about that and we take respect from that. Um, you know, 
in a different simulation, it works out differently, but mm -hmm. the stars never aligned. Yeah. But we'll remember the good wins. Yeah. yeah. Why did you guys, um, why did you decide to step back or retire from the NWLA? Uh, for me, the past few years, there's always a point at the weekend where it's like, oh, shit, we still have a six-hour drive back, and it's like 2 o'clock, and I'm standing out of the rain. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't get what, I don't get out what I used to get out of it, which was the extra time with the Skibbies and even Ty. I have a lot of great memories with Ty from that tournament. Uh, the Polies, Jackson, Edlo. Edlo went one year. Um, Peter. Peter, Tony Fiorello went. You know, we drove down one year. So that's what I take out of that weekend. And the football is just kind of extra. Mm. And uh, towards the end, we just did, you know, people just don't have time uh, for all that extra stuff. And that's kind of what yeah. I like. I took out from it. Yeah. So that's yeah, why I, 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 uh, I made the decision about two months before the tournament happened. I told the guys that this was going to be it. And for me, like I competition to me is like the greatest gift my father ever gave me was just being a competitor and just what it means. Um, I love competing. There's nothing like it. And like saying no to that was really tough, but like, to me, like my arm, what I do is I pitch and I hit and my arm, like I just, my, the ball just doesn't move <laughs> the way it used to. Um, I don't know about velocity. Anyways, I just felt like I was still going to this tournament at the end of the day, because I knew if I didn't go, then I'm not like irreplaceable like I can be replaced I'm gonna be replaced this year but I just felt like kind of like a sense of loyalty to Gus and Sam and Chris that like this was our thing all four of us Jackson too but like I, I felt a sense of loyalty and that's why I kept going and like when the weekend would get there I'd get hyped up for it I'd be like all right let's go and then we'd start talking about it but like you know it's just one of those things where I don't know there's so much drama too <laughs> like I was just kind of over it um so i'm 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 definitely taking this year off i'll say that see all what right, happens cool. cool all right last question not related to the nwla just overall what are you guys looking forward to most this year for swbl season 21 entering our yeah. third decade yeah it's pretty crazy if you really think crazy. about it, I yeah. mean, there's nothing like it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends. I mean, Chris and I are, I'd consider Chris one of my best friends. Uh, we don't see each other enough. Uh, part of that is I have a 15 month old son, Brian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just like your, your time gets consumed by that. And it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But uh, like that weekend, everyone in my family knows like that is dedicated to my friends, my, and uh, wiffle ball. So um, definitely would love to win another championship, but uh, yeah, I get to see my boy, Will, uh, he lives in Texas. I get to see Corey, who's been traveling all over the freaking country, just trying to get through his schooling. I get to see Chris and all the other people that travel into my town. Gus, I get to spend four days with Gus. So valuable. Um, so that's truly like the best thing. That's, that's why our weekend's so great. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, definitely the friends. The championship is secondary. Um, just hanging out with people. Uh, you know, it's funny. You can see people, there's some people I see once a year at this place at, at this weekend and never miss a beat. It's completely normal. It's completely fine. It's just a com it's just a comfortable environment. It's a safe space. It's um it's a, a comforting space that we all know that we'll have. Um you know, you, you don't have to you know, you, you know you're gonna see those people at least once a year and uh, it's a comforting feeling 
Yep. Can't agree more, man. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up this uh, this podcast. Um, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors, 1356 Public House, Cardinal Blinds and Shutters, Ketty Nice Center, Corner Pub and Grill, Doug Meyer, and the Mowith Mojo, new sponsor. Andy's Frozen Custard, Breckenridge Brewery, Daily Smokehouse, Spencer Gear, Chill Designs, Breckex, and Coolbots. Breckenridge Brewery, repping. Um, uh, we've got a few, we're going to have a lot of podcasts coming as we get closer and closer to the season. Um, the, the league is about to wrap up the top 21 countdown, so we'll do a, a podcast to review about that um we'll start getting into our captain interview series um and i think we're going to have some surprise guests at least on one podcast before the uh before the season kicks off in may so um stay tuned for that i think it will be a very enjoyable one i'm probably most excited about recording that if i can if schedules can align it is uh it should be a fun one so um just just stay tuned you'll know it when you hear it so Wow. Um, Sounds yeah. like were we like plan B or like you're no, just not no, excited no. for this, this was one? Always, this was always planned. You've been at the okay. top of the list for a while. <laughs> okay. So this is a this was an idea that uh somebody brought to me, and I'm just hoping that it works out this year because I think it will be a lot of fun. So cool. All right. Yeah. Well, you piqued my interest. Yeah. So stay tuned, everybody. Um, as we get closer to season 21. Um, for uh, Chris and Spencer, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, uh, subscribe, give it a like, tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you uh, at the Blur in May. See you.